You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 175 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts, too, that just so happen to be non-monogamously married to each other. This week, Ken and I talk with adult performers Cody Vore and Queen Ava about mutual aid in sex work and the organization that they helped found called Suede, which is Sex Worker Mutual Aid Las Vegas. This is a fund created by sex workers for use by sex workers. Suede uses donated funds to provide sex workers with small grants, and 100% of those funds go directly to sex workers who apply for aid, and all additional operational costs are covered by the organization. Along with Cody and Ava, other founders of Suede Vegas are Tegan Trex, Summer Hart, Sophie Ladder, and Xander Corvus. In this conversation, we talk about the importance of mutual aid in all different sorts of communities, how it differs from traditional charities or nonprofits, and how this strategy helps balance out the exploitation and inequity we see in traditional charity. Also, why mutual aid is especially beneficial to sex workers and circumvents the barriers that compromise their safety or that keep them from qualifying for traditional government or nonprofit assistance. We also talk about how the pandemic has affected the sex work community and made mutual aid efforts in all capacities more mainstream. We talk about decriminalization of sex work and how it differs from legalization and why that's important, and also financial discrimination of all types of sex workers, from full-service providers to those that do cam work and OnlyFans. We also bring up sex trafficking a few times in this conversation, but we don't really dig into it until the end of our conversation. So I want to remind listeners that when it comes to sex trafficking specifically, the Those stories we hear on social media about people being abducted from the Target parking lot and sold into sex slaveries, those are the rare exception. In fact, 99.99999% of those stories are propaganda perpetuated by conservative religious groups who are anti-consensual sex work. Sex trafficking does certainly happen, absolutely. However, the vast majority of the time... It's exploitation from people close to the trafficking victims, friends, family members, and often partners. And often those from the outside looking in on these scenarios, it can seem like an abusive or controlling relationship or like financial abuse, but it's actually trafficking. So keep that in mind when this comes up in the conversation. I'll also have links in the show notes to prior episodes where we've talked about this too. But before we roll that conversation, of course, you know we need to wash the balls, which is housekeeping here on American Sex. So speaking of links, go visit those show notes, either at americansexpodcast.com or in the episode description on whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. You're going to find links to our guests, to Suede, to our Sex and Kink Positive Discord server that we'd love for you to join, and discounts too, not only from this episode's sponsors, but a bunch more too. Oh, and also, there's the link to Ken's Monday D&D live stream that doubles as a charity stream for Suede Vegas. Xander Corvus, one of the Suede founders, is one of the players in this game. And in a little bit, you'll hear about how Cody might make a surprise guest appearance soon, too. Oh, also, do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Chris, 
Nerdy Girl 13, and Princess Ra-Ra from the Pink Kink Podcast for all becoming recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And by the way, if you haven't listened to Pink Kink Podcast, please add it to your list. Go give them a subscription. Great conversations. So if you're like, well, well, wait a minute, wait, what? What's Patreon? And what is this? And I, hey, I maybe I want to do that too. Well, good news. You can become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member at patreon.com slash American Sex. And you're going to get stuff too, like bonus audio from our guests, extra episodes, all of our regular episodes early. I'll send you American Sex Podcast, official American fucker stickers in the mail. You'll get a shout out on the podcast and more. Ken and I give the majority of our content to the world for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast. And we do this because we believe these conversations are critical. They are relationship improving and life changing and everybody should have access to them regardless of their financial situation. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. Again, that address is patreon.com slash American sex. And last thing, I know a pretty large percentage of our listening audience is either kinky or kink curious. And you may have heard that one of the best places to get kink education on a huge variety of topics from beginner to advanced is Kink Academy. Kink Academy is a video learning library of over 2,000 on-demand videos from 140 of the world's top BDSM and sexuality educators, including Ken and me too. So if you want to find a way to support American Sex Podcast and the work that we do without spending one extra dime, if you're considering subscribing to Kink Academy, use our faculty link, which is bit.ly slash Kink Academy. Since we're Kink Academy educators, we earn a small commission when you sign up with our link. And if you're one of those folks who shouts Kink Academy from the rooftops and mentions it to all your friends as a great resource, please feel free to pass on our link along to those folks too. And by the way, even if you don't want to subscribe to Kink Academy, head on over to bit.ly slash Kink Academy and go to the free videos tab because there are a whole bunch of videos on there that everybody can access without spending a dime. And that's it. These balls are clean. Here's our conversation with Cody Vore and Queen Ava about Suede Vegas. <laughs> Hey everybody, I am so excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is mutual aid charities. Specifically, we're going to talk with a couple of people from Suede Las Vegas, which is a sex worker aid organization. And I wanted to welcome to our show today, Cody Vor and Queen Ava. And I am so happy to have the both of you here. Hi. Hi. So... All right. I, 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 when I ask questions, always put myself in the mind of the listener. And on American Sex Podcast, our listeners are American fuckers. So American putting myself fuckers. in the mind of the American fucker. Uh, m my first thought is like, hmm, sex worker mutual aid. What the heck is mutual aid? And why is it important and different than like your traditional, you know, donating to charity or nonprofit. Ava, do you want to take that one? Um, sure. Uh, mutual aid. Uh, I'm not sure if I have like a textbook definition for y'all, but in my opinion, mutual aid is giving to the community to give back to the community. So people give and that goes back into somebody's pocket who needs it. Um, I am a volunteer for a sex worker mutual aid and we raise funds and all those funds that we raise go directly back into the pockets of sex workers who need them. Now we're different from a charity because we don't ask you to bring your, I don't know, your government ID or utility bills or your lease or, you know, all this stuff that charities ask for in order to decide if they want to give you some assistance. Right, um, right. We are eager to try to give 
sex workers who need assistance, that's exactly what we're here for. We're here to give them assistance without asking like 5,000 questions, without saying, hey, we need you to drive here and do an hour long interview and sign over your soul for us. If you would (laughs) like, if you would like some assistance. Yeah, I think about like, uh, you know, whether it's food stamps or like LIHEAP that, you know, those government organizations or even nonprofits where you come in and you have to show all this stuff. Uh, You know, when you are a sex worker, is it, I mean, obviously you want to keep your identity or whatnot more secret in some situations, but is it more difficult for sex workers to have that like on paper, I'm going to come in with all my paperwork and get XYZ assistance? Yeah, it can be more difficult for them. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like we just have to understand that in today's day and age, we help people. We try to help people all around the United States, but we focus on Las Vegas, depending Mm -hmm. on how our funds are. And, you know, I know so many people who aren't eligible for things like light assistance and food stamps who definitely need mutual aid. You need yeah. help. I, I think that, yeah, I, I think that part of it too is like if you're, if you're a sex worker, for example, um, if you go for like rental assistance, um, a landlord is legally allowed to kick you out of a residence if they find out that you are a sex worker in any capacity. So, yes. Um, yeah. And, and I actually might even have a legal, um, reason to because they can be in trouble for like helping, helping you do sex work or something like that. It's really fucked up. So there's stuff like that. But then there's also this kind of like, I think there's a mindset difference between mutual aid and charity where I think Mm -hmm. the charity is a lot of the times with charities, you're not finding the people who are a part of those communities in the organization themselves. Um, And you're finding this kind of disconnect between the org and the people they help where it's like, yes, we are the good, mighty helpers and you are the poor, weak. I live in a $500,000 house and I'm here. I'm here. It's like poverty porn. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's and I yeah. think there's a really big difference for 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 everybody involved when it's framed as as kind of a collective work rather than as a, you know, I'm the good person giving to the poor person. Because I think yeah. that's really like I honestly I think it's really humiliating and it's and it's often it really like like yeah, it, it hurts to be treated mm-hmm. like that. And then I don't know, you find a lot of like uh charities that that you know, they put so much, so much in between you and getting funds and they make it, they make you feel like you're kind of, like you got to work for it. You know, you got to, yeah. if you, if you yeah. don't want to jump through their hoops, it's like, well, do you even need help? Mm-hmm. Are you just mm-hmm. lazy? You just yeah. want someone to give you something? That's terrible that you'd be lazy and just want someone to give mm-hmm. you a handout. Mm-hmm. This is the type yeah. of attitude that a lot of charities do have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this mutual aid, it's like, it's a framework and it's a an infrastructure that we are building as a community to help make up for the fact that so many of these resources are just missing in our society and especially for sex workers who don't have regular, you know, W2 jobs. Um you know, like you need, you need, you need a lifeline when, when it's hard to get healthcare, when it's hard to to get any kind of other assistance. So, um this is just like part of that that setup. You know what I find interesting, too, since the pandemic, I've seen a lot of um, mutual aid efforts go a bit more mainstream. I think now collectively, you know, there's there's always been a segment of us that have been like, fuck capitalism for forever. But now, like, everyone's on board with fuck capitalism, which is awesome. And it, there are tons of, of mutual aid efforts I see you know, on Facebook with people that I consider pretty kind of mainstream and straight laced, you know, whether it's a a Google Drive, like if you need assistance, no questions asked, put your, you know, cash app on here and we'll go through and just, you know, person to person swap money and take care of each other. Um, have you all seen people leaning into the concept of mutual aid a little bit more like as of late? Um, I definitely have, but I've been familiar with the 
I guess, concept of um, mutual aid for probably yeah. about five years now. Oh, awesome. Um, but I have definitely seen it, you know, I guess, gathering more momentum. And, you know, I, lo- I love to see it. I, I really yeah. do. Yeah. I think you can see that starting with things like GoFundMe where – you know, you had this go, you had GoFundMe become a thing. And then suddenly people were like, oh, we can just like crowdsource online for things. And right. eventually it became used as a necessity because, oh, it looks like people really need money. Like, I think mutual aid is getting popular because it's a necessity. People it, can it, ask yeah. for what they need. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. people in the United States really sadly have to ask for money for funeral expenses, mm-hmm. have to ask for money to... I don't know, for surgery, for healthcare, like people need stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is like, ooh, it is, it is becoming a whole different world. But you know, I mean, it sucks that we have to ask for that. But I also am like, thank goodness we're seeing more people just like, hey, I'm willing to take care of our own and take care of our neighbors and take care, you know what I it mean? It sucks that we have to ask, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I have a little short story for y'all. This isn't yeah. a, suede, a suede story, but this is yeah. like a, a local story of mutual aid um, in my city. Uh, I'm from Atlanta, but I moved to Arizona four years ago and bought a mobile home. It's a fixer-upper. I own my property. I'm happy here, but, you know, it's a fixer-upper. I work. I have a job. I always try to bring in my own income, but I need things like a new roof, air, that costs a lot of money. And, you know, I finally, this summer, have been able to get really comfortable um, due to mutual aid. I've been able to get AC throughout the house. I've been able to get my roof repaired. Um, and in the meantime, I'm able to, I'm able to pay my mortgage. I'm not mm. a, a lazy person that doesn't work, but I, I am somebody who, you know, needs help. A roof is $5,000. Huh. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. Right. That's not a paycheck for me. Yeah. Um, although I am someone that works. And now I'm here, I'm here comfortable in my house. And that's from people giving $50 here, $100 here, $200 here, saying, you know, you, you deserve air in your house. We're going to try to help you out. And we're all going to come together. And I have the stuff I need here. That's amazing. And you're also like doing so much work for Suede and for, and in and, and, and other ways for the community too. Um, and, and so that's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what was interesting that was sort of a cornerstone behind this whole thing is that at the beginning of the pandemic, um, like, and I've been somebody who's either been a sex worker or a sex worker adjacent my entire adult life, well over 30 years. It's the only time I've ever seen sex work stop. And sex workers are the hardest working people on the face of the earth. All they want to do is have an opportunity to work in a safe environment, right? And when that stopped, it put people so far behind because you know, not being able to receive unemployment is a huge, huge penalty. And that's why, you know, I, I think at least part of the factors have got to be to do with that. What, what do you yeah. think of that? You mean like the pandemic? The pandemic itself. Yeah. Just sex um, work stopping for a short period of time and then the kind of depleting people's banks. You know, or has their, their, definitely you know, like reshaped sex work. In a form, um, for a while, sex work did stop for a moment. A lot of people who were maybe doing exclusively in-person work couldn't do that anymore. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like you might have seen like an influx in people doing online work, which, you know, you see come and go. Um, you also have a lot of people who've had their main source of income stop and mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. try to find a new source of income. Like yeah, if they folks. worked at a strip club, their source of income has stopped. Like yeah. webcam models, maybe OnlyFans girls, maybe we had it a little easier besides the market being saturated. Mm-hmm. People whose main source of income was at a strip club, brothel, street work, their income stopped. It did stop. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had people who had vanilla jobs or who were using sex work as a supplement to a vanilla job, lose their vanilla jobs. And, you know. Have to go full force, right? Into sex yeah. Work. Which it, it was such a horrible time to be new to that. Yeah. You oh, know, man. if you saturated market. Exactly. If you were already established and you're doing online work, I, I don't I don't think that it hit nearly nearly as hard. It um, hit, but you're right. It did not hit as hard. 
as if you were doing in-person work or strip club work or um, if you were if you got laid off from your vanilla job or if you were completely depending on porn shoots, a lot of COVID shit, a lot of canceled shoots. This shit's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God, I can't imagine. So let's let's talk about y'all because we didn't really get into that. What do you both do in the world of sex work? And then also, what drew you to working with Suede and being in a leadership or organizational position in sex work mutual aid? Uh, you want to go first, or me? Doesn't I, matter to me, Cody. All right, I'll I'll go. I'm 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 Cody Vore, and I started sex work back. In 2016, so it's been about five years, or a little over five years, um, I started as a webcam model and I primarily did online work for a pretty long time. Um, and I kind of recently, maybe in the last couple of years, got into mainstream pornography. Um, and I really, really love the Las Vegas community. We have kind of a nice little um, community of, of of indie online sex workers, which is which has grown and evolved to include people from all over the sex work, um, all over the sex industry, which is. Uh-huh. Really great because I, I I do feel like there's some there's some rifts between different areas in sex work. So the fact that in Vegas I think we do have a pretty good um, group of you know strippers and full service workers and brothel workers and and everybody um, is pretty cool. And uh, Summer Hart who. Um, initially approached me about starting a mutual aid fund um, is fantastic. She lives here. She's also um, a, a porn star and a, and a, and a webcam model. Um, but she, uh, I mean, she's been doing stuff for the community for a really long time. And there was recently a lot right. of talk online about like, oh, you know, all these, all these webcam models need to start doing mutual aid, yada, yada, yada. And we were just kind of like, well, why don't we just start a mutual aid fund? And, and originally we just started it for, with the intent of serving just our kind of lo- very, very local community, which is why it's called Suede Vegas. Um, and I mean, I was on board. I, I, I thought it was a great idea. I, I mean, it's not, it doesn't seem that complicated, right? Um, <laughs> but, um, famous last words, like, oh, it'll be easy. <laughs> then people from Arizona are like, hey, I want to, I want to participate. Yeah, and it was it not long a little after. bigger. Yeah, yeah. Ava reached out to us like only maybe a month or so into us working together. And oh my gosh, like that was that was super helpful. (laughs) At first we were like, you should start an Arizona chapter. We can have a Las Vegas chapter. We realized that was not nearly as like uh, effective. Yeah, that was not going to be as effective as just having us all work together on this Mm. fund, which does serve way beyond Las Vegas. Yeah. we, we, we try to keep, it's, it's only in the U.S., but, and, and within Vegas, we can do things like do, like, plan B runs, like, we have, we have, you know, harm reduction supplies and different things like that, and there are some things that we can do in Vegas that we can't do outside of Vegas, but we do things all over. Oh, that's great. That is amazing. And, and Ava can go next. <laughs> um, hi, I'm, uh, Queen Ava. I've uh, been in the sex industry for over a decade. Um, I got introduced to the industry under um, unsavory circumstances. Um, I got introduced to the industry by a trafficker. I've actually written two books about my experience being trafficked as a minor um, because I got involved in the industry when I was 17. Um, I'm 29 now and have been working independently for quite a long time now. Um, I am a dominatrix, do webcam modeling, content creation. Uh, I got involved with Suede Vegas. Uh, I actually requested for mutual aid, but after finding out, you know, more about what Suede did, I really wanted to try to be involved on a more personal level. Um, getting involved in the industry under, like, unsavory circumstances was, like, really lonely. Um, I don't really feel like I got a good impression of the adult industry being introduced to it by a trafficker. Um, for a long time working, I didn't really have any friends in the industry, you know, working independently after I left my trafficker, and it was pretty lonely. I was uh, very grateful to run into Suede and, you know, to be able to give back to the community and to be able to, you know, mingle with like-minded people who weren't predatory. 
Right. Yeah. Wow. So the suede is relatively new, right? Like a couple year We're celebrating two? what? Our year anniversary soon. Yeah. I don't know the exact date, but we started last November. Last November was the f- was when we first started giving out grants. Oh, that is amazing. And when it comes to like, let's say, you know, again, I'm one of those American fuckers listening going, (laughs) hey, you know, I got 50 bucks burning a hole in my pocket and I want to, you know, donate. So let's say I go to your website, I give my 50 bucks or, you know, whatever amount it is. And what happens then? Like, how do the funds get distributed? Are they just from person to person you had had mentioned also you do some harm reduction stuff with like plan b like how does that money get distributed and where does it go so you give your um cash funds you know via whatever methods we accept them we accept donations um in a plethora of ways and then that money goes into a bank account which is solely for suede it's not you know like somebody's personal bank account where they go buy their groceries. No, it's just a bank account for suede and people can go fill out a form. You can see on our website, the same website that you go donate to. Um, people will fill out a form with simple information like their uh, stage name, uh, social media where they work to prove they're a sex worker. And then we will in return send those funds directly back to verified sex workers who requested them those funds. So you sent f- us $50 on cash app. We send anonymous sex worker. Of course, we're not going to, you know, right. their, their information's anonymous. You don't have to be worried when requesting for aid to us. Um, you're it's totally anonymous, but we send that back on cash app directly back to somebody who needs aid at the time. That is great. Yeah. We that try- is great. We try to keep the bank account um, at a certain amount so that we can always we, we we try to return requests within 24 hours. That's part of like I, that's part of the thing. I mean, we're not a 501c3 because we we've looked into it and we probably will keep trying to see how we can legitimize the legally our our work. But it's really difficult because a lot of these maybe, but we don't want to have to ask people for no. their ID for their bank yeah. statements we don't for ha- their lease. They have you have to prove that you are paying their rent, you know. And the thing is, is that like like we were just saying, we can't you you can't pay out the the landlord from a fund that's called sex worker mutual aid. Um, that's not safe. It, and then you reveal to somebody's landlord that they're mm-hmm. doing sex work, and you get them evicted. Well, was the two hundred dollars you sent them worth them getting evicted? Probably. Uh. But Probably not. It would be helpful if they don't get evicted, but if they're going to get evicted over it, it's not helpful. Yeah. yeah. And we do. We So we get these funds. We have these funds ready to go. We send out micro grants of about $100 to $200, depending on how much we have available. Um, and that's just for whoever requests. We also do grocery gift cards, and we buy Plan B, and we buy harm reduction supplies that we will deliver. Um, and we've done some other kinds of deliveries and Orders as well. Um, and all of that stuff does not actually come from the fund. The fund itself goes straight to... It's cash only. It it's goes cash, cash only. back okay. to yeah. sex workers. So we're That's not, amazing. We're not using your money to buy things necessarily. Um, and, and, and all of like the extra overhead costs, like buying Plan B, like paying for the website that we run. Um, That's from generous sex workers who run the aid. Yeah, That's and 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 hopefully we don't get taxed too t- terribly um, when it comes this year. We're a little bit nervous about that, but oh, um, that's going to yeah. come from us too. So um, really, like if you we want to donate, we should be good because people we should give be. us gifts and we give people back gifts. It's not yeah. income for us, but it, We've it, done- it is our first year. We've done right. the research and we should be good on taxes, but it is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's hard. And the, this country and the way things are set up, they don't want you to do this they don't, kind right. of thing. <laughs> they don't. They want you to have an, a 501c3 where they can, I don't know, it, it costs so much money to run a They want to be able to, like, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but they want to be able to track you. They want to be able to know mm-hmm. if black people or white people need mm-hmm. charity. They want to know if you get food stamps. They want to know how much money is in your bank account, etc. And it's yeah. like, why? Why do I have to prove all of this to say I need help? getting air in my house or I need help getting stuff for a new baby or I need help getting a deposit for an apartment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what the coolest thing about mutual aid in general is that it solves an immediate need because right. whenever you throw mm-hmm. bureaucracy into it, yes, like with the Salvation Army or whatever, it takes forever. It, takes, it, it filters through months. a bunch of assholes oh. and it doesn't get to the people who need it as quickly as they need it. When I need money for my rent, need I need it, it fucking today. Mm-hmm. I don't need it a week are from working now. now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you totally nailed it. Yep. Yeah. Hit yeah. it on the head. Yeah. And that's really like the main the main point here is like we want it to be fast and we want it to be confidential and we don't want to harass you about whether or not you need this money. Because honestly, people who request money, they 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 need it. If you say you need it, if you say you need it, you probably probably need it. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares why they need it? They need it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Whether it's food or like electric bill or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. you know, diapers, like, you know, maybe I don't want to tell you that I need preparation H. I need preparation H. Right. Should you have to humiliate yourself to tell somebody you need medication for a sickness or you ran out of diapers for a baby? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to people who donate, like obviously a lot of this is anonymous, so it's not like you're keeping records, but just like anecdotally, do you find that this is folks within the community taking care of others within the community, just like, you know, sex workers will pay for the website and things like that? Or are there people from outside of the sex industry that put into the pool of mutual aid money? Yeah, we do. Well, I think probably the majority of our funds do come from sex workers. Um, And that's really amazing. I I think that's really cool. Um, But we also do we do charity streams on uh, on Twitch on Sundays. Uh, Xander runs those. I think Xander Xander was going to be here today, but wasn't able to. But um, but Xander helps run those on Twitch. And we play we, we, we play games and we and we raise funds there. And a lot of the people who send us funds there are not necessarily sex workers, but they're they're supporters of sex workers. Right, but they're people who fuck with sex workers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's there's there's kind of there's like the sex worker community and then there's the sex worker adjacent community of like allies and fans who like appreciate what we do and support us and and, want to help, you know, they want to help. They understand the struggle. They understand, you know, what being self-employed might entail. It comes with ups and downs. Right. Yeah. Right. And I just wanted to add on a personal note, and every Monday, Xander is, uh, and Barbie Crystal was on it for a little while, too, as part of my D&D uh, mutual aid charity stream. And the majority of our money goes to Suede. We also send some off to New Leaf in Vegas. Uh, or individuals, and we do the same sort of thing, is that we our mutual aid is given towards uh, like a sex worker comrade that needs help somewhere, just like that individual for that particular stream. Nice. Yeah. So, I, like, if uh, if you if y'all have a chance tuning into the stream as a way to give to Suede regularly, that's a yes. like a hundred percent of the money goes to them, uh, and we'll make sure that we have a permanent Suede link up there for everybody, regardless of which type of stream that we're doing. Fuck yeah, yeah we really appreciate that. We definitely do, man. The need is always there, and we really appreciate it. We need that. This just means that Xander's character gets to put it be put at risk more. This is awesome. <laughs> put him through it. Get him good. He, he um, was actually the first one to lose the his character ringer. of the game, and he was like so happy the way his character died because it was beautiful <laughs> to Xander. It was amazing. Aww, aww. It sounds right. So when it comes to allies, obviously are in support of sex workers and mutual aid and whatnot. But when it comes to people who are, you know, purchasers of content, who are clients, etc. Is it difficult to get those folks in particular to realize like, hey, you know, there's a real life behind all of this and, and you know, some of us have needs and there's mutual aid. Like, do you see a lot of clients actually going that extra mile or not so much? It's kind of hard for me to get a good gauge of that because I think – when it comes to, I mean, there are a handful of clients of mine that really do donate a lot to Suede, and I really, really, really appreciate it. And that's what I see. So, you know, I couldn't tell yeah. you about the ones that are like fapping to me on Pornhub that I never talk to who, like, yeah. I don't know about their brains or what's going on in their heads, but I do spend a lot of time on my platforms talking about sex worker rights and sex worker issues. And um, I think the, the fans of mine that are active with me that, you know, 
that hang out in my Discord or that are on my OnlyFans or wherever, um, wherever it is, the ones that are more active with me right. are... Those are, that know how great of a person you are, which some really do know how great of, great of people we are. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they are donating. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Sorry, Cody, not to cut you off. No, you're good. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, you, su- you summed it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of them some of them can really, really appreciate it, and they, they get it. And, I mean, that's that's part of it is us talking. Like, it's not just – we don't just do, like, the streams. The streams are fun, and our fans engage and other al- allies engage, but – they're also an opportunity to kind of talk about the stuff that we've been going through because it's not just like, oh, we need money to give people money. I mean, we do. That's like the main thing we do. But there's also a lot of things that we like to talk about and spread awareness about in we're areas that are outside for of the industry. Things like decriminalization of sex work. I mean, mm-hmm. we're sex workers, but a lot of us have college degrees. Some of us are therapists. Uh, some of us are authors. Mm-hmm. Um, those of those who I don't know get to know us as people who understand that like you said we're people with you know other interests and needs they do donate but you know some people do just stop to us but you know <laughs> yeah we appreciate that too it directly pays our bills true but a yeah. special place in our heart for anybody that donates this way yeah i'm i'm all for ethical fapping <laughs> ethical fapping right i don't want to make it sound like a doubter that somebody just pays for our only fans but no there's a, special, <laughs> there's a special place in our heart for people who donate to suede yeah, yeah you, you nailed yeah. it yeah yeah <laughs> so you know one of the things that has been a constant forever and ever is uh combating the stigma you know like mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm putting my mind in in you know, or putting myself in the mind of someone who maybe isn't quite an ally yet, you know, and they might be thinking like, well, I don't know what I'm giving my money to if they can't, they don't have to say that they're paying a bill or blah, blah, blah. And is there a lot of that stigma like, oh, sex workers are just going to use this money for whatever? Do you find that you battle that a lot, even on this level? I mean, there's always a stigma with doing sex work. I don't know. I don't know if I can say we necessarily deal with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know on a mutual aid level. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, people are people have stigma, but no, we don't get that. I don't like like really we don't. I've never nobody's ever come on our Twitter and been like, who do you think you are taking people scamming people from their money and and giving like if I give you a hundred dollars, what are you really going to do with it? Yeah, yeah, people don't people don't usually say that because honestly, like what we do speaks for itself. We do not post about when when we give people things. We don't make we don't post trauma porn. We, we're we not don't. gonna be like, like can I get a picture so I can post who I was helping? No, we don't do that shit. People do it, people do it though. The people that we help, they go out on their Twitters and they say, Oh my god, Suede helped me with this and this and that. They're lifesavers. What, whatever they say, they post it. And, and we don't ask them, we don't ask them to do no. that. We don't ask for a thank you because, I mean, I can't speak for everyone on the Suede team, but a lot of us have been in, you know, positions where we've needed help and uh-huh. we don't want to be humiliated or paraded or put on Twitter yeah. in order to get help. I mean, I think a majority of people don't want that. Yeah. 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 But a handful will post. Maybe the they'll ones- post themselves. I've posted yeah. myself if I'm grateful that somebody helped me, but I don't want somebody to. Exactly. To post me, hey, look, I helped her. She was homeless. And I helped her. Yeah. I hate that shit. That's embarrassing. (laughs) It is. It's fucking, it's fucking I don't want somebody to, I don't need everybody on your following to know that I was homeless. I don't want everybody to necessarily know that. Mm -hmm. I might post that you mm -hmm. helped me, but I'm not going to say necessarily that I was even homeless. I just don't want everyone to know that. Yeah. 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 But I think that those, I think that stuff like that, that word of mouth has gotten around. And I think, so I think people know that we're doing good because they see that we're doing good. Like, I think our, I think that the acts of Suede speak for themselves and people know what we're doing is, is good. And I I don't, I I feel like the people who have a lot of stigma towards sex workers, they just don't fuck with us. Like, yeah, yeah. they they stay away. Luckily for us, because, you know. Yeah, I don't want to deal with them. We prefer not to deal with that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like this is reaching more into the, I don't know if inner circle, but like the community mm-hmm. or the very close extended community where you're not going to stumble up upon people that are like, oh my goodness, you need Jesus. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, if people want to do that on their own time, that's fine, but they probably need money too, so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're not here to judge you. You know, we understand that you probably need money too, whatever your interests are, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. Tell me, how dated is your vibrator? Does it take batteries? Because, oh, no, 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 no. We're all done with that generation of pleasure devices. Does it have a Bluetooth app that allows you to see exactly how much battery life you have left? Or to control it with your smartphone from anywhere in the world? No? Well, then you need an upgrade. Satisfier makes beautiful vibrators and air pulse stimulators with cutting edge technology and they're at incredibly affordable prices. Their new line of Bluetooth enabled products pairs with their Satisfier Connect app and can be controlled with Android, Apple and iWatch. You can turn your phone into a remote control, create custom sequences that are perfect for you and allow you to go hands-free too. You can also use the app with a partner to play with power dynamics dynamics, whether you're in the same room or on different continents. Their newest products include the Sexy Secret Panty Vibe, the Love Triangle that has air pulse stimulation and vibration, and the Dual Pleasure that has internal stim and air pulse. My favorite is the Curvy 2 Plus. It is a clitoral air pulsator and it can be used for G-spot play too. Satisfier is offering American Sex Podcast lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to Satisfier.com and enter the code SUNNY30 at checkout. That's S-U-N-N-Y-3-0. Again, if you're looking for one of those amazing new devices, go to satisfyer.com and use the code SUNNY30 for 30% off. Do you have a relaxing nightly ritual? From tie me up to tuck me in, Dipsy Stories is here to close the loop on your bedtime routine or help you create an exciting new one. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere. Close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. There's hundreds of stories to choose from and Dipsy releases new content every week, so there's always more to explore. They also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and sleep sessions to help you drift off. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y. Yes, I said 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny. That's dipsystories.com slash sunny. So let's go to like wish list kind of if, you know, because you were saying that um, your website and some of the supplies and the plan B and the harm reduction things are things that come from outside of the fund and oftentimes from other sex workers. If you had you know, a wish list of these are the things that we would love to, whether it's, you know, that people donate directly or say, I'm going to cover XYZ fees for how many ever months. Like, what would that be? Or even if 
other sex-positive or sex-adjacent companies were to help sponsor you or work with you? Like, what would you want or what would you need? All right. I got an answer for this. Um, Okay. So here's some ideas I have. One of them would be maybe a payment processor. Okay. Might be helpful. Something that's obviously sex worker positive. That's not going to cost us um, a lot of extra money. We, you know, we we do Cash App, we do PayPal, we do Patreon. Uh, PayPal and Patreon take um, take a cut a little bit. Um, it would just be nice to have like it, it could be nice to have a uh, a a setup like that. Um, we could always use Narcan. I think is something that we've been kind of le- would would be interested in maybe getting. Um, but other than that, honestly, we just want money. Like, like, right. Um, we want, we want cash money to redistribute back into the community. We do redistribute things like condoms, grocery card, gift cards. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I know the holidays are coming up if that's something Mm -hmm. that you would want to give, but at the top of our list is definitely cash to give back into the community. Yeah. That's great. I guess like if you're if you're an adult company that's like that specifically sells like sex toys and you want to donate a bunch of sex toys. We'll or, definitely redistribute them. Yeah, we'll find a way to redistribute it, but like definitely the priority is money because like you can't you can't pay your rent with sex toys, so You yeah. can't. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish that was true. We would be billionaires. <laughs> right. You got so many people who are like, well, I like all your posts and retweet stuff. And, you know, that's nice. But I, try, yeah. I tried to take retweets to the mortgage office and they were, right. they were not accepting it. Yeah, yeah. Dildos and exposure don't pay the fucking rent. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're freaking bad. I would I have I, so much have... exposure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah. So and if yeah, you I'm do- putting that out there, you know, because we got folks that work in the adult industry that work for the podcast. So y'all that work for some of those payment processors or know someone who does, put that out there. Sex toy companies. And I know that a lot you of you heard work for this. the companies. Listen up. Yeah, you listening? Don't pretend you didn't hear this. Do your thing. I want to ask if you want to <laughs> donate five thousand dollars worth of gift cards. We will redistribute them. Oh back fuck to yeah, the we community. will. I also yeah. want to add that. On our on our website, we do have a tab for sponsors. So if you do, as a company, donate a significant amount, um, we will put like a logo and a link to your your stuff on on our on our website, and we'll shout you out on Twitter. Um, so you know, or if you have something else, <laughs> you might be able to offer like you know all the sex toys or fries gift cards. We also have a tab for that if you have something that might not be. Uh, a mm-hmm. cash app donation. Yep. You can reach out to us on the website or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Our Twitter is Suede Vegas at Suede Vegas, S W A I D V E G A S. And the website is suedevegas.org. Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to have, for those listening, we will have all of those links and every single link that we've talked about. Go to the show notes at americansexpodcast.com or in whatever player you're listening to right now, go to the episode description. All those links are going to be there. Um, you know, Sonny, really quick, I have yeah. something incredibly important to say. <laughs> uh, Cody, I have to just say in the research for this, I owe you a huge favor because you accidentally rickrolled my wife, which is so goddamn happy. That's funny. I, that one got me. That one genuinely, genuinely fucking got me. So I had to share it. And Yeah, and I was sitting here on. watching your TikTok and, and Ken's, you know, in the same room. And it's the, like this quiz where it's like, you know, see if you can do this word association that means you're really smart. And it ended up being a Rickroll word. And I'm go. he knew the whole time. He's like, oh my well, God. Well, she was actually saying it along with you, Cody. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really funny. Yeah. It was really funny. I wasn't expecting you to do it, but when you did, I'm like, oh my God, you don't get it. And you're like, and you totally got Rickrolled. And the, the, the second thing is you are the most lovely blue di- blue dinosaur in all of film. Aww, I just wanted to you. say you were amazing. <laughs> thank you so much. Jurassic Wood I'll was never, an amazing, I'll like, the fuck? one of my I'm favorites. I'm going to have to go Google that. I, Woodrocket.com. <laughs> yeah. It was I'm just saying, I love, love me some Leroy. It was actually my first hardcore scene that I produced for like a studio or that I did like for a studio. Um, wow. I had done some like stuff with my boyfriend where his face wasn't showing before that, but like that was my first real quote unquote hardcore scene. Um, everybody had been asking me to do hardcore and I was like, yeah, fuck you. You got to see me do it covered in blue dinosaur paint, um, which was How cool. long did it take the paint to get out? I have to ask. It, it took a while. The paint was pretty <laughs> washable, but... I was definitely like a little blue for a couple of days. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was also, that was my first shoot. And also, um, I, I was on my period. So it was the first time I had ever like, um, done the sponge thing. Um, and use the sponges to to prevent me from bleeding and yeah. i was losing my shit in the bathroom covered in blue paint freaking out cuz it was it's really difficult to get those sponges out um it's and you had a prosthetic tail on i might add i like did this- have a yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the you first time. I've, that was you the only time I've been dear. to a set where instead of getting like a traditional like makeup artist, I walked in and they were it was like like <laughs> a monster movie crew. So it was kind of cool. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. I have to go. I have to go visit the the. I have to find this digitally and and. I'll show and, it to you again. Yes, it's I have called, to revisit this. It's called Jurassic Wood Swollen yep. Ding Dong. <laughs> and who was it? It was you, Lauren Phillips, and Robbie you, Echo. Yep, and Robbie. Okay, that's amazing. That was awesome. That is amazing. Oh my goodness! Was that shot here in Vegas at Wood Rocket? Uh huh. Yeah. That place is like Disneyland for grownups. It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it is very very cool. So you know, one thing I want to touch on is like. I think a lot of people don't realize how involved in volunteerism and mutual aid and all of this great stuff a lot of folks in sex work are. Like, I know tons of folks who get up early on Sunday mornings and they go hand out supplies to the homeless. And, like, there's all this sort of stuff that that goes on that I think the average I don't know, consumer of content doesn't realize happens. So have you seen that as well? Like, is this, in general, this industry pretty, I don't know, charitable and give backy? Like, what have you seen? I think, I mean, I think sex workers are just really incredible people. I think they kind of run the gamut. Um, I think you see some that are very much interested in, in, in taking care of themselves, which makes a lot of sense. But I think you also see a lot of people who get into sex work specifically to, like, take care of their families um, and to take care of the people that they care about. I think that's a really mm-hmm. common reason people get into this because, you know, their mom is sick or, or, or their, their sister has a, has a daughter that they need to take care of or, or something like that, you know. Um, I think that's, that's super common. And so I think you find a lot of caretakers in the, in the sex industry who are doing things like this, whether on a big you know, scale or on a small scale. Yeah, yeah. Now, Ava, you had mentioned um, decriminalization of sex work. And, you know, Ken and I know what that means. But, like, can you give just a quick drive-by for the listeners of, like, what decriminalization is and why that would be a good thing and why that's not legalization? Well... As I mentioned earlier, I was introduced to the industry um, as a minor by trafficking. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was introduced to the industry my senior year in high school. Um, I was 17. And um, knock on wood, I don't know why, but right when I turned 18, um, that's when I started getting arrested for prostitution. Mm. And um, I, got out of the, I got out of the industry with my trafficker at age 19, and I left the industry having been arrested for prostitution three times and um getting arrested for prostitution you know those stings are under the pretense that they are looking for trafficking victims now i was a trafficking victim i was trafficked i was a minor when i got introduced to the sex industry um i was giving the person who i was with all my money you know i can assure you that i was trafficked and i was also arrested and um, I wasn't given any type of help or, you know, or anything. So I don't know, really know why, why these things happen. Um, they are traumatic. Um, I'm traumatized from having gone through um, these things and having been arrested and not being able to get out of jail and having to go back to a trafficker when I got out of jail. Ugh. Um. I think it's really important that sex work is decriminalized because, you know, what I went through was not beneficial to me. It's already, you know, sad enough that I was trafficked. Um, But I've been through this experience and, you know, I'm back working in sex work. Um, 
I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, I'm for consensual sex work. If people want to go spend their money at a strip club or on webcam models who are of age, who, you know, are keeping their money, then, you know, I'm totally, I'm totally fucking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, For those who are being trafficked, I'm not for them sitting in jail and having having to go back to a trafficker. Um, I'm not for that. Um, I think it's important that sex work becomes decriminalized because in decriminalizing sex work, you, you, you might see more regularization, um, which would be fine. But in that you have sex workers being able to more use more resources that they should be able to use. Like when a sex Uh worker, if a sex worker is attacked or assaulted, which, which happens, I mean, that just happens in the world. They should be able to go to the police and seek help since um, sex work is currently criminalized. A lot of times if a sex worker is attacked or they're being stalked, um, they don't feel comfortable and rightfully so going to the police um, because the police might ask them, you know, well, you're just just doing sex work, right? That's legal. That's going to be our focus here. Not not somebody not somebody showing up um at your house non desired every right. day. Not somebody peeping in your windows, which is also illegal. We're gonna worry about you trying to feed your family, uh, providing somebody with services that they want in a consensual manner. They can't overdose on it. It's not heroin. I don't think I don't think anyone's ever died from having too much sex. Unless it was unprotected. And sex workers are some of the most protected getting STD tests people that I know. So, And also, yeah. it's worth noting that if it's if with the criminalization system, it leads to less protected sex because it does um, it leads in, to a black market in some places. Um, having a condom on your person is counted as evidence of doing it sex is. work. Yeah, and so people. Is. So the more criminalized sex work is, the less safe it is, um, the more... The less screening people can do. It's illegal to keep records. It's illegal to do stuff like keep a blacklist. Mm -hmm. Whereas people in other industries, you're allowed to leave reviews on people. Like, yeah, this is somebody you don't want to work with. If you're doing that in sex work, then they're like, oh, are y'all trafficking each other? And there's a big difference between decriminalization and legalization because with legalization, well, for for those for those who don't know this, legalization means you have a, a a regulated system of legal sex work. And everything else is still illegal. So you have maybe a, a couple brothels. I mean, we have legal sex work in Nevada, um, right? In the form but of these brothels. There's a lot of laws around that. Did y'all know those people can't leave? to go into the the city during certain hours and they can't talk bad about what's happening to them because the owners of those brothels will not let them work there anymore if they do you also have to get a sheriff's card which is a legal like a legal document that basically says that you are doing sex work so then if you want to go be a teacher or something you know it might not be a good look for you Uh uh-huh um and and on top of that a brothel gets to pick who they hire which means they're going to hire you if you are white and cis and thin and for people who are trans people who are uh black or indigenous people who um don't speak english people who are in those situations which a lot of people in those situations are doing sex work out of necessity Uh disabled and a wheelchair you might not be able to work there or trafficked those people are not going to be in the legal system and they are going to be picked up in stings just just like we are now so legalization doesn't fix the problem decriminalization does decriminalization allows people to to work independently it allows laws to still exist to prosecute stuff like pimping and trafficking it allows people to be able to work outside of a brothel it allows you to work by yourself and not have to pay fees and be stuck and not be able to get a bond do y'all know when i was trafficked at age 18 when I got arrested all those times I was not able to bond out unless my family wanted to get me even though I was an adult because the bond companies do not work with anybody who gets arrested for sex work who is under 21 your family has to come get you I didn't know that these type type of laws keep people out of jail it lets you you live your life and feed your family 
Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, this is sort of off subject, but what do you both think of, um, like, sex worker unions like they have in Amsterdam? Um, I don't know a ton about sex worker unions. I think, I mean, it would be nice if, like, for example, the brothel workers could have unions. I know there's a lot of... Yeah, that's what it is. It's primarily the brothel workers. Yeah, there has to be a kind of a legal structure, I think, in the U.S. to make a union of sex workers. And I would be all for that with brothel workers. And and, in in Nevada, I know that that the, the brothels were trying to get the brothel workers to get an employee status, which would allow them to do that. Um, but they were uh, they weren't able to get that um so that's something that would be really useful i think but um i don't know it's it's tricky it's really tricky with an industry that's largely non yeah it's tricky if it's illegal like how how can you you can't form a union when when it's illegal and a lot of people doing sex work aren't don't know other sex workers and don't know the community people do sex work out of for a lot of different reasons and often it's out of necessity and uh, a lot of those people don't really know. Soft and lonely. You often don't have friends who work in the same industry as you. Um, I'm all for community, but I don't feel like a lot of people know that community exists. And it is hard to have community within sex work. Yeah. Yeah. But we need community. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 This has been a a great conversation and, you know, I learned a lot. I know that the American fuckers listening learned a lot. Um, And yeah, we will have those links for Suede in the show notes and the links for you both, your personal links and, and, you know, your websites and your Twitters and your OnlyFans and all that stuff. Um, Before we wrap up, is there anything else that we didn't touch on or something that you want to, you know, reiterate that we talked about to drive home to leave the listeners with? Um, We done it to Suede. We have a couple of cool events coming up, such as sex workers probably going to be posting their wish list for Christmas. We'll probably have a live stream raising uh, money um, sometime in the month of November. But other than that, just just donate to Suede. We're doing good stuff. We're giving back to the community. Awesome. Yeah, donate to Suede. The only other thing I want to add is um, to to watch out. Watch out for the rhetoric out there. There's a there's a lot of people that will conflate sex trafficking with consensual sex work and yes. use that as a as a rallying cry to get rid of of Definitely. platforms that make sex work safer. Um, even if the sex work happening is you know sort of coercive, maybe people just need money. I mean that's a pretty prevalent situation for I think everybody. <laughs> um, everybody's doing work because they need to make a living. Right, and as a victim of trafficking, do your due due diligence. Um, did you know? Did you know that the biggest form of trafficking in the United States is not sex trafficking? Not yeah. to say sex trafficking isn't a problem, because I was sex trafficked as a minor. But uh-huh. I would definitely encourage y'all to get educated, as uh, Cody yeah. says, because there's a lot of misinformation um, mm-hmm. about sex trafficking. Uh, yes, yep. we should definitely we should definitely fight sex trafficking. We should. But in the fight, um, we definitely I don't think should abolish uh, sex work. That's a no. Yeah, yeah. you're going to find yeah. you're going to find a lot of organizations that claim to be against sex trafficking that, that actually wanna abolish sex work that want to abolish yeah. sex work. And that's what yeah. they really want to do. And, 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 and very seriously, that makes it worse. It, yeah. <laughs> it literally people makes like, it worse. A lot of people like sex workers. People are never going to stop using our services and we don't want to drive the market underground. We don't want to not be able to screen people. We don't want to not be able to work in a strip club. We want to be able to make decisions for ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every this time is you America, take- right? American fuckers. This is America, right? American yeah. fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> this is America, right? <laughs> yeah. Every time you take down one of those platforms, whether it's Backpage or Craigslist or Pornhub or you're whatever it away is, free speech. And yeah. you're taking away free speech and you're also taking away somebody's ability to put food to feed like, their family, to feed their families, which is going to push them into more shitty situations which is going to increase trafficking this you're is closing a small business there are evangelical puritanical anti-sex fucks out there that have learned that they can't say oh we're anti-sex and have learned that instead they say we're anti-sex trafficking and people fall which for just it means the they're anti-sex 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will um, put in the show notes as well and remind like our, our longtime listeners have probably heard these episodes, but we have a few episodes about, um, you know, censorship, the ties to the evangelical groups and using sex trafficking as a way to really go after consensual sex work. And I just I want to remind the listeners to, to listen to those episodes. I'll put them in the show notes and that, you know, a lot of the the propaganda that were fed from these, and I'm doing finger quotes, anti-sex trafficking groups that really are just anti-sex. Because we definitely conflate. anti-sex trafficking, but we just not anti-sex. So it's just exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know, they they uh, you know make it seem like oh these these uh, men pull up in vans to the Target parking lot and they kidnap our women. And, and no, that's, that's the not what happens, y'all. Exactly, story. that's not what happens. Exactly. And, you know, and I want to remind the listeners that a lot of times it is, you know, under a the guise of a relationship, a friend. Exactly. Exactly. A boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I will Canceling uh, OnlyFans isn't going to cancel a predatory, a predatory boyfriend. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I will definitely put those links in the show notes for... American fuckers to learn more, listen more. If this is news to you and you're like, what? Don't worry, I got you. You can do some research. Um, and I want to say thanks to you both. This has been a great conversation. Like I said, I've learned a lot. I know the American fuckers have learned a lot. Um, you know, hopefully there is, you know, some extra good stuff coming your way from folks that maybe just learned about you from this episode. And thank you both for what you are doing for giving back to the community. Fuck yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This was a really great talk. Right. Of the pleasure course. is mine. Yay. All right. Until next time. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.